Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. And first cab off the rink is this morning's match, France against Uruguay. So France um, playing their second game. Of course, they beat the All Blacks 27-13. How did they get on against Uruguay? Here's a very edited look at the highlights. They might look for the second shot. No, Luku, he's going to play out the back to Astoy. Antoine Astoy. Bugaric just getting on the wrong side there and they hit it up again. Penalty coming against France here. That shoulder to head. He is dipping though. That is the mitigating circumstances for me. Okay, Ben, we're going to yellow card this. It's going for off-field review. Perhaps not a disaster in the context of the match, but in context of the tournament, could be a big problem. We'll see what happens. It'll go to the bunker. Arata. Willing them on further, they're getting closer, Uruguay. Now they play the captain Villaseca, and they're in. It's Felipe Echeverri. Oh, he's made contact with the defence. Oh no, this will be pulled back. Echeverri out the back to Amaja. Amaja! Amazing! Absolutely amazing! Baltazar Amazia has scored a quite brilliant try for Uruguay. Take a bow, Baltazar Amazia. These sevens players, I'll tell you what, for Los Teros, that's been charged down though. By Petro Malvaca, he reels it in. Malvaca! Try awarded! Malvaca at scrum half again there now to Francois Cross. Good reload for Kuyu. Vincent out the back. And look, it's Louis. Biel Biarre. This young diamond for France. Clamont. The reload out the back for Uruguay. Here's Villaseca. He tries to get the ball away. It's advantage France. And here comes Malvaca. He's stripped by Bustle. Into a French player, that's the game. And the clock is through 80 minutes, and the whistle goes. And Uruguay can take enormous credit from this contest. They have given France an almighty shock here tonight. Yes, and those seven players coming to the fore. Uh, interesting, they were they scored the first try, Uruguay, with uh, Freitas scoring in the sixth minute. And quite incredible to think at 55 minutes, it was 13-12 to France after nearly an hour's play. Um, France did have a yellow card for t- 10 minutes. Um, 
but Uruguay didn't score during that period. And they beat Uruguay 27-12 after beating the All Blacks 27-13. So that means the All Blacks are one point better than Uruguay. It wasn't as strong a French team. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, should we do the All Blacks now, Sammy? Do you think we should take the All Blacks now? Or should we do that after the break? I've got a couple of stories actually I was going to share with you. The cuts from... Oh, yeah, we've got some cuts from the Uruguay game. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. I, I had my little bracket wrong. <laughs> France, Uruguay. Okay, so we had the highlights. Now we're going to hear from the Uruguay captain, Andreas Villaseca, straight after the game. I'm so proud of my team. I couldn't ask for a better team to lead. That's the truth. Uh, today, 10 minutes away from the game, we were fighting against France, one of the best teams in the world, playing on their home ground. So I'm very proud. This is only the beginning for us. So many positives. What did you think the team did really well tonight specifically? I think uh, we fought for the whole for the whole game. That was key for us to keep keep pushing France and keep battling every every aspect of the game. Doesn't matter what captain you talk to, it's about staying in the fight, isn't it, and competing for the whole game. Uh, Fabien Gaultier out of the French camp after the victory. Are you happy with that contest? Well, I think we all agree. To start with, the victory is important, especially when you look at the games, uh, how the game worked out. We were unable to control the game and to uh, score. It was difficult in terms of uh, psychologically and in terms of nerves. The players really wanted to do well, but this Uruguay team was able to create problems for us uh, pretty much uh, all over the field. Uh, yes, and another question to Fabian Golter. Of course, you're hearing the translator there, which is uh, fine. He was asked the question. We'll play the question from the Juno, which will give you the context. But it was around Uruguay playing more Tier 1 games. The captain and the coach of Uruguay just said they need to play games against high-level teams, that they've only uh, played one top-tier country in the last four years, Italy. And they were saying they want to play more high-level games to improve. What do you think of this message from Uruguay, who managed to match France pretty much until the last minutes of the game? Well, we agree with you. If we want world rugby to develop and progress, we need such nations like Uruguay, who is uh, 17th place today. I'm sorry, I'm getting uh, feedback uh, in my ear. Uh, Uruguay is uh, 17th place today. They need to play teams that are above them in world rankings because they have a province called Pinarol, who play in the America League and who win the America League. So they're well set up and we saw the problems they gave us. They've beaten Japan, they've beaten Fiji in preparation. They got close to Wales. Um, they lost against Georgia, but they're a team that wants to play up there with the top nations. But the only country, the only competition that allows this nowadays is the World Cup. That only happens every four years. So it's hard for them to find other competitions. Uh, the four nations is, well, it's a subject, an interesting subject about developing rugby across the world. If we want rugby to develop across the world, 
you're, you're right, it's true. It could be an emerging nation like Japan was, like Georgia, like Italy. There he is, uh, Fabian Galtes, translator, um, who was getting feedback in his ears, which was interesting. Uh, text uh, from Ken. I think it's a different Ken. I watched the game. It was a French hometown ref game from the TMO, if ever I saw one. That's from Ken. And Craig says, don't forget supercars this weekend, staff endurance race with Richie Stanaway sharing a car with SVG. With SVG. Uh, we shall take a break. Uh, we've still got lots to come. We've got uh, Scott McLeod, All Blacks assistant coach, Anton Leonard Brown, Luke Jacobson, Andy Farrell, and Ty Byrne out of the Irish camp, plus a whole lot more. Stick around, we'll be back. 12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup headline hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Yes, the Rugby World Cup headline hour. Uh, headlines out of the All Blacks camp. Anton Leonard-Brown, uh, Luke Jacobson, uh, Scott McLeod all fronted the media today. Uh, Anton Leonard-Brown, first question he was asked was, does it feel nice to be away from the bright lights and the big venues following the loss of their first game? Yeah, I, I guess in a way, um, obviously, the last Friday, Friday was disappointing for us. It's quite annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it is good to um, you know, come here, come to Toulouse, or, or go back to Lyon, have a good week there in, in a smaller town, um, and you know, sort of really put in some good work, and then come to Toulouse yesterday. Um, and obviously, the stadium here isn't quite as big as Stade de France, so um, yeah, I guess in a way, it is nice. Then we moved over to Luke Jacobson um, and he was asked about what are the shifts the forward pack have had to make this week? Um, yeah, I guess uh, last week there was probably a few areas that were a bit cleaned up on and particularly around the breakdown um, and a little bit around discipline. Um, there's a few, oh, far too many penalties. Makes it pretty tough to play rugby when you're um, conceding that many penalties. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably number one. That is number one, discipline, discipline. Uh, that's what they learned out of the last game, apparently. And the one before that, uh, Scott McLeod, assistant coach. What is he expecting from Namibia? Your first thought for me was um, 2019. Um, it was 24-9 at halftime. And they played really well and they're really physical and direct. And we expect much of the same. And if you look at the type of people um, they are and where they've come from, mainly a farming background. We know we're going to expect a really physical battle tomorrow, so we're prepared for that. And back to Anton Leonard-Brown now. Um, he was asked how important is it to make sure the All Blacks get refocused and re-motivated? Yeah, it's an incredibly important, I think. You know, if you're a professional athlete in, in whatever sport, um, you should be putting time into your mind. And it's something that the All Blacks have done for a long time and obviously very lucky to have Gilbert Anoka Gilbert who is around and, and does a lot of that work uh, really, really well. So yes, the last couple of games um, have been disappointing for us um, and we've got to make, make shifts in our game, we've got to get better. Um, but we've, we've stuck really tight as a group. Um, every individual has their own or methods or way of how they deal with losses and, and pressure. Um, 
but then we've also got uh, support groups around us. It could be a good man in the team, um, and then obviously, as I said, Gilbert Anoka. So, yes, um, we've been vulnerable in that space, um, and and we're committed to, I guess, like I said, like not not worrying about um, the the future or what it holds, but about getting better every day, um, and that that's what we can control. I think if you turn up every day um, and are driven to get better. Um, then those those small increments are going to add up to something good. So that's what we're focusing on at the moment. And finally, we'll hear from back to the assistant coach or part of the coaching group. He was asked to comment on making so many changes for this game. The World Cup's about a whole squad and we've got to give opportunity for people to prove themselves. Um, as has been recognised, the last two results haven't been the way we wanted them to go, so we're giving people an opportunity to put their hand up. And, and like I said, we're going to need the whole squad. So um, we it's, it's a test match. It's first and foremost for us. And um, we'll be focusing on, on that and executing the play that we want to play and how we want to play. So that's what we're trying to gain from, from it, really, more than anything. And just as a reminder, the All Blacks team, Bowden Barrett, remains at fullback. Wings of Caleb Clark, Lester Fa'anganuku, uh, Anton Leonard-Brown and David Havili is the midfield. Damian McKenzie in 10, Cam Royguard at 9. That's an exciting halves combination. And the forward pack of Adi, Savia, Luke Jacobson, Dalton, Papali'i, Sam White, Lock and Brody Retallick, the old firm, uh, back locking the scrum together. And the front row of Nepo, Laulala, Fasi, and... Samasoni Tokiaho, and the bench has got Coles, DeGroot, Newell, Barrett, Va'i, Aaron Smith, Richie Moonga, and Rico Ioani. And that game is 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Live commentary here. That will be brought to you by Daniel McCarty and Justin Marshall. Um, the Samoan team has been named to take on Chile. Uh, James Lay, Salala Lam, Michael Alatoa, Chris Vui. Uh, McFarland, uh, Talini Jr., Agaesi Seal, uh, Fritz Lee, Stephen Luatua, Jonathan Taumataini, Christian Liliofano, Nigel A. Wong, Tumuamanu, Ulopano Jr., Siotini, Danny Tuala, and Duncan Paiaawa. Sorry, Duncan, that's a hard name, that one. Um, so, Salela Mapasua, he's named nine survivors of the Rugby World Cup 2019 in this match day team. Um, Lila Fano uh, made his Samoan debut against Japan this year. He was 35 and 301 days old at that stage. He turns 36 on the 22nd of September. That's not far away. And he'll become only the third Samoan to play Rugby World Cup match age 36 or over after Peter Fatialofa in 95 and Tusi Pisi in 2019. And Tumua Manu, if you're looking for a try scorer, he scored five tries in seven tests since making his debut last year against Tonga. He's the second 5'8", and he has made the most line breaks of six and beaten the most defenders, eight, of any player for Samoa this season. So that is your Samoan side to take on Chile, and we're looking forward to seeing how they uh, progress in the tournament. Uh, the other big news out this last 24 hours is Malcolm Marks ruled out of the Rugby World Cup. They have confirmed he will miss the rest of the World Cup with a long-term knee injury. 
He's got 69 caps and he will be sorely missed, especially after we heard from Skulk Berger yesterday saying he thought he was the most, well, the best player in the camp. He picked up the injury in training on Wednesday after his getting knee caught in contact. And the Springboks say that with sufficient cover at hooker at the moment within the squad, Marks will not be replaced immediately, but they will assess the needs for the rest of the tournament and confirm who they're going to call up as an additional player later this week. And the last bit of news, Portugal will be playing Wales in their next game. Uh, 19 survivors in the match day 23 of the Portugal side from the side that secured their place at the Rugby World Cup when they drew 16 all. They just needed a, a win or a draw against the USA in Dubai last November. Um, and they got the draw 16 all and won their place into the World Cup. Seven of the starting 15 are 30 years old or older. So quite an old team. Four players in the squad represented France at age group level. It's 17s, 18s and 20s. Uh, with the right, uh, right wing, uh, Pinto, he won the World Rugby Under-20 Championships in 2019 with France. Uh, left wing, Rodrigo Mata has scored eight tries and five tests for Portugal this season, including four when they played Poland in the European Rugby Championship. And centre Thomas Appleton is the most capped player in the Portuguese squad. He's got 62 caps and he's captained the, uh, the team since 2019 and he scored 10 of his 16 tries as skipper. So Portugal getting ready to take on Wales. And I've got more information about... Um, have I got that here somewhere, Sammy? I think I've got it here somewhere. <clears throat> I've got so many bits of paper in here. It's great. Warren Gatland, while we've got the Wales... Front of mind, uh, he has revealed that the World Cup, uh, sorry, that World Rugby admitted to him and his Welsh team several decisions made against them in their thrilling win over Fiji were wrong. The officiating at the World Cup in France has been a big talking point in the tournament so far, including the Welsh opening game. It was widely agreed uh, referee Matthew Carley should have shown Gatlin's side more than one yellow card in a dramatic finale with Fiji. Uh, they played in Bordeaux as they came under intense late pressure. The consistency of decision-making surrounding head contact incidents has also been called into question after England's Tom Curry was banned for two games. Meanwhile, South Africa centre Jesse Creel escaped any sanction for a similar incident to Curry's in his side's win over Scotland. Uh, Gatlin said there's been a lot said about us in terms of how lucky, unlucky Fiji were, but we've seen a number of clips ourselves to say things were missed in the game too. We sent a lot of clips in ourselves. We got clarity on that. The referees came back to us on those and were in agreement with a lot of things we'd sent and they'd got wrong. He didn't want to go into specifics, though, when he was asked what incidents they had said they'd got wrong. One may well have been a high tackle on Gareth Davies from Celestino Ravutomara at the end of the first half that briefly forced the Welsh scrum half off the field for, for an HIA. And it is close to certain the decision-making of referees in France will continue to be a hot topic throughout the rest of the World Cup with more red cards and bans more than likely. It's also clear there is frustration among coaches and players over refereeing inconsistency as well as for us fans as well who have shared their views on social media. It's a, it's a subject I didn't want to... I didn't want to rule this World Cup, but it's forcing its way into the headlines again, isn't it? The officiating, the bans, the cards, the judiciary. Um, <clears throat> let's hope it all gets sorted out and doesn't doesn't command too many of the headlines. We shall take a break. We'll go into the Ireland camp after the news, sport and weather. 
12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Rightio, uh, into the Irish camp we go now. Of course, they've got a big match, uh, Tonga's opening match of the World Cup. Coach Andy Farrell, I'm really impressed by this man. Um, very level head, very forthright in his in the way he speaks. First thing he was asked was his initial thoughts on Tonga. It's a different game, isn't it? A different challenge, Tonga. Uh, respecting the opposition is absolutely at the forefront of our mind. Respecting the competition but more so respecting ourselves. Um, every every game is, is, is of the same um, importance for us. And um, a strong side is what we've got anyway within the group of 33, like I explained uh, last week. So um, here we go again. It's, uh, it's a little bit different when you've played one game and your recovery is different and you're rolling into a next week and how we handle that has been pretty important as well. He was also asked, like they, we saw the raft of changes that a number of teams have made for their second game. They didn't, they didn't make as many changes. And he was asked if there was a temptation to rotate more players given the big game coming up uh, in a couple of weeks against South Africa. Um, there's always temptation because uh, as, as far as as far as selection is concerned, we go through every single different types of permutation. But at the end of the day, it's what's right for the team. Uh, finding form, that side that played last week hadn't played together before. Um, we get to roll onto on, onto onto this one, and um, you know, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Really, in, in in some circumstances, but the only thing that I care about is is, is winning this weekend, um, because the points that's on offer is exactly the same as of what's coming down the line. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's it's it's, just, it's as simple as that. And you know, you look at what could happen, what does happen. Um, to people in training, you, you give people a so-called rest and, uh, you know, you, you've seen people... I mean, we had Robbie pull out of the uh, captain's room last week and missed the game. You've, you've uh, players now uh, getting injured in training and, and missing the competition. So, you know, people could be resting this weekend and be ill for next weekend, etc. So we'd like to go with what we've got, a, a fit side, a good side and build a momentum through the competition. And of course, at the last uh, Rugby World Cup, they got tipped over by Japan in pool stage. And he was asked if what happened four years ago when they lost that game to Japan, um, does it get talked about as motivation? Never. Everyone keeps on talking about four years ago, but, you know, and I, I understand why from you guys' point of view, but we don't. We, we're, we're a different team, different circumstances, different competition. We, we, we move on. It's never been... It's never been talked about at all. So put a line through that. Put a line through that. And now, given that Tonga hasn't played many Tier 1 nations in their build-up, how has Andy Farrell and co, how have they prepared to play them? Well, we know the, 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 the coaches um, and, and, um, and how they like to plan. We've watched every single game that they've played over the summer, and there's been plenty of them. And um, you say that they've not played many... Uh, uh, tier one nations, but they play some big games, um, and and stood up in in those games. And I think what you're saying there about personnel and people coming in f- 
for the for the for the first time, you know, they've been training within that group. All they're going to do is make make um, those performances that we've seen stronger. So we're expecting them to. You know, I, I, I said uh, a couple of weeks ago in regards to the, the Samoa game, there's, there's a lot of similarities within that week um, to, to this week, you know, with uh, the type of personnel that we're coming up against. Um, we need to step up in, in, in that regard because we surely know that uh, Tonga is going to see this as uh, a, a great way to start their competition. Irish Lock uh, then joined in. It was actually funny. He turned up in a suit. Um, like in his number ones, and he explained that people saying, "Why are you all dressed up?" And he said he was a few seconds late to a training, and they have a like a fines system, but they have what they call a wheel of fortune, and you spin the wheel, and it said uh, for the rest of the week he has to turn up and exit all functions, all media, all training in his number ones. So he was there in a suit. Um, and uh, he's quite a jovial chap, is Tyg Byrne. Uh, but he was asked, as a player, what does he expect from Tonga? Yeah, I think um, physicality is definitely going to be top of their agenda. I think they're going to come and try to have a scalp, scalp off us for sure. Um, you know, they're, they're a serious side when you, when you look at the team on paper and... Um, uh, I, I no doubt that they're going to have a go at us. Um, you know, they'll they'll certainly uh, attack out wide, and then they'll take us on up front as well. And um, we've got to be ready for that. I th- you know, looking back at the Samoa game, we were uh, we were we were quite off what we felt. Um, you know, a lot of mistakes. Uh, we were disappointed with how our set piece went. Um, Tonga are probably going to look at those areas and. Um, come after us in those areas so we're going to have to certainly improve massively on those I don't, again on the weekend just gone we're probably still not happy with where, uh, where we are there and um, particularly line out so we're putting pressure on ourselves to improve that area for sure um, and you know it's another massive test for us and we're, we're just continuing to look, at, look to improve and um, hopefully we'll be able to do that on Saturday and of course us and the world media are looking ahead to the Irish-South Africa game because that will have a big impact on our quarterfinal, all things going well. And Tyde Byrne was asked, did he feel like the Irish team have the strength and physicality to match this current Springbok side? Uh, yeah, look, we're, we're not really, we haven't thought about South Africa at the moment. We've just looked at what we produced against Romania and what, where we need to improve and you know physically we certainly need to continue to step it up I think from warm-ups into Romania we've slowly been building it but we're nowhere near where we feel like we can be um, so that's definitely going to be a massive area for us that we we want to improve and continue to improve and hopefully once we get to a level we will then aim to improve it even more going into going further into competition but Right now, we, we feel like we have a step, uh, another step to take from the Romania game in terms of uh, that physical battle. As I mentioned, not many changes, just four changes of personnel and two positional switches in the side that trounced Romania 82-8 in round one. Um, and the starting 15 boasts 819 caps. Connor Murray replaces Jamison Gibson-Parkett at scrum half. 
And uh, so Connor Murray and Johnny Sexton have 222 caps between them, and this will be their 69th start together. Uh, the record most appearances is a halfback first five combination. Um, Ronan Agara, uh, Johnny Sexton surpassed Ronan Agara as Ireland's Rugby World Cup point scorer. Um, he's now just nine points adrift of O'Gara's overall Irish test record of 1,083 points. And Bundy Arke, uh he ran 191 metres against uh, Romania, which included five line breaks, was a new Irish record at Rugby World Cups, uh, beating the previous record that was jointly helped by Rob Carney and Jordan Murphy. They were in the 2011 and 20, 2007 Rugby World Cups. Do feel free to give us a call now on 0800 150 811. Still have a couple of little stories to tell you, but phone calls first, eh? Phone calls first, 0800 150 811. Love to hear from you. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phones. 0800-150-811. We talk to one of Natipro East Coast's finest, Ed. Welcome in, Ed. Hey, Staffy. How are you doing? Very well. <laughs> I told Sammy that I supported the Knights. He said he's going to just hang up on me. <laughs> I can't believe you're telling the country you support the Knights. No, it's because I entered a competition in the breakfast show and they gave me the Knights and they gave um, Lammy the Warriors. And oh. we're still there. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. So you have to go there. You have to go there. And, well, let's, let's just, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, hey, yeah. East Coast is going to play um, um, Wanganui. I know. Do you know the odds have just come out? No, I didn't. I didn't. What are they? East Coast $4.60. Wanganui $1.18. Wow. Wow. And then just brings back memory stats because when I played um, Wanganui, well, run it straight. You have to. Straight into Bruiser and he smashed me. Bruce Hanson. Bruiser Hanson. Oh, Bruiser Hanson. He was a star at school. Did you know he was the 100 metre hurdles champ at Palmy Boys High? Bruce Hanson? No, but I know that when I ran into him, he just smacked me and I went flying. He's tough nut. But, but no, uh, uh, in my defence, my brother in law, Victor, he told me that uh, Ed, don't worry about it, because when you ran into him, he did the same thing to him. And I can't remember that. <laughs> Uh, they're having a good season, aren't they, Ed? They are, and um, I saw uh, Poppy Bacon and young um, Renata, and he put a bit of a goose step on, and then he got around his man and scored in the corner. Oh, yeah, this old carpenter, young fellow. That's it, too much. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, you keep enjoying the heartland, mate. Good to hear from you. Oh, and I'll just go for the All Blacks. Yep. Um... Will Jordan break? He's mean, man, but I just don't know why he's not pullback. Most people don't. Most people don't. I'm okay with him on the wing because he roves a bit more on the wing. Um, so I don't mind him on the wing, but I get what people are saying. They want to have a look at him at fullback. But well, we got a... then who do you mind at fullback? What's that? So if you don't mind him on the wing, so who's your fullback? Geordie Barrett. 
Jory Bird, <laughs> not Bowie. <laughs> well, I'm, oh, oh, yeah, that I'll agree with you there, because back up had nothing Bowie. <laughs> Good on you, Ed. Good on you, champion. Thanks for calling, mate. And up the Nati Paro East Coast, we got a life member, Zaid. G'day, Zaid. Good afternoon, staff. Oh, you sound up. We've obviously got the uh, Melbourne Storm and um, the uh, Sydney Roosters tonight for the starter, followed by the um, ABs and, um, in the middle in the morning. And then we've got the main game on uh, Saturday night tomorrow at uh, Go Media Stadium, or as the alternative commentary call it, Go Hard Stadium. <laughs> um, and then on Sunday, but but a few few bursts, um Valentina Shevchenko and uh, Grasso. And um, Kevin Holland, Jack Della Maddalena, the co-main um, in Vegas. Kevin. Um, a fight night this weekend, but n- not a bad card. And um, also got Liam Lawson um, driving around in the Singaporean Grand Prix. Oh, true. Oh, I forgot about Liam Lawson because he's just so much, but that's true. Uh, Kevin Holland will win yeah. on Sunday. He's an underdog and he'll win. Take it from me. Nah, Jack Della Maddalena, come on, boy. Hit him, bro. Get, get the old Perth, Perth knockout destroyer. I reckon he's going to get him. Nah. Um, Few, few things on the um, All Blacks quickly. Uh, apparently, uh, Kirsty was saying uh, yesterday on their show. Apparently, it, it seems Shannon Frizzell's injury is um, worse than they're leading on to. So yeah. um, that doesn't sound too good. No, and I think that's partly why they got Ethan Blackadder as well because I think the Shannon yeah. Frizzell one is a little bit worse than what we're understanding. And one other thing, um, yeah. what, what do you think about the All Black, the Rugby World Cup being so long? It's fifty-one days. Oh, um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, and well, one, one thing to leave you with, uh, Warriors 1 to 12, and up the wires. Up the wires. Good on you, champion. That's our life member, Zade. We'll take I'll a quick... I'll wait to be there tomorrow night. Oh, Sam, you... you'll do a great call in the commentary. That's it, brother. That's it. We'll take a yeah, quick break. You. Cheers, buddy. We'll t- get John from Auckland after the break. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I have no qualms about taking John from Auckland before the news because he knows about the music and he knows when to get out. He was an expert at it yesterday. John, <laughs> welcome in, mate. Yeah, I think this is my time slot now. Oh, I think um, it is, eh? <laughs> right before the news. Hey, uh, what a weekend coming up, mate. Oh, totally so looking forward to it. So good, isn't it? And, uh, and I just heard from Sean Johnson. Uh, I really hope he gets through this. Uh, everyone's saying we've got no chance if he doesn't turn up, but you know, when you've got 30,000 screaming supporters on your side, anything can happen. I think the crowd's massively important this weekend, particularly, I think Sean will probably start, but <clears throat> how long he lasts on that cuff, let's hope it's a long, long time, but if it's not, it's almost like the crowd's got to take his place. Yeah, and just quickly, uh, NPC this weekend, mm. are you heading down to the back I'm not. No, I'm. I'm. I'm going to the Warriors tomorrow, so I can't get to the Hawks Bay Manawatu game. But I will be going to the County's Manawatu game, which isn't far away. Oh, that'll be awesome, mate! But yeah, it's, it's a good season, and let's go, let's go up the wires. Yes, up the boy, wires. up you mighty wires. Yeah.
Good on you, John. Good to hear from you, mate. Um, there was a text in the Smithy show just beforehand saying, where's the odds for the Heartland Championship? I've got them for you here. Bola 205, Wairarapa Bush 175. King Country 175, Horofanua Kapiti 205. Poverty Bay 380 at home to North Otago 120. Thames Valley and South Canterbury, the two unbeaten teams. Thames Valley, 350 at home. Get around it. South Canterbury 127, West Coast they're at 155, Mid Canterbury at 240, the mighty man, men of Mid. Big shout out to Jared Ross. And Whanganui, $1.18, taking on Ngati Parau East Coast at the 460. Good old round of Heartland Championship this weekend coming up. we got the Jeremy Paul Show straight after the news. Text your questions in, double eight double three. JP, next.